We have a great episode for you today. We are talking about the difference between a CPA and an EA. A CPA is a certified public accountant, an EA is an enrolled agent. What's the difference between the two? We walk you through all of that. And a special congratulations goes out to Taylor in our office, who just passed the final part of her EA enrolled agent. So she is now an enrolled, enrolled agent in our office. And that's why we wanted to talk about it, what it is, what's the difference, and what are the advantages of having an EA uh, working on your team? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, really, you might say, I don't care what the difference between an EA and a CPA is, but you will because it's a big part of tax planning, tax strategy, and it's a big part of what we uh, have been trying to build. And it's just exciting to have somebody in-house now that is really our tax focus specialist. So we're excited about that. Uh, don't forget, you can go to the website, pomwealth.net, go to the blog page. We've got a whole article written on this particular topic. As well as if you'd like to have a conversation with myself or Merce, you can just go to the top right-hand corner of the website, click on schedule call. We're more than happy to hop on and have a phone conversation about anything you want to talk about. But before we get into this episode, we have a really quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome to Secure Your Retirement Podcast. We are excited to be able to have a conversation we did today on something that we have been working very, very hard on uh, for years now, and that is to really work on our what we call our integrated wealth management experience. And a big, big part of that is tax planning, tax advice, and even assisting individuals with tax filing. And we have put all that together. Um, and now we have really a super integrated experience, meaning a person can come to our firm and when they're here, they're going to not have to worry anything about taxes unless they want to. Um, and, we, and they don't have to go anywhere else. We can take care of it all right here in house. But one of the things that we're super excited about is uh, about a year ago, we hired um, Taylor is her name, Wolverton is her last name. And she really came on and has been working with us and building up our tax advice, tax planning side of the of the business. And she is a certified financial planner and she just now uh, has finished everything to become an enrolled agent. And so we thought it would be good today to talk about what's the difference between a CPA and an enrolled agent and what does it even mean to be an enrolled agent to, uh, and what the, how the IRS views that. So we kind of wanted to talk you through that because we just think that it's so powerful. Whether you're working with us uh, as a client or you just listen to the podcast, really understanding the intricacies of doing good tax planning ahead of time, not just tax filing. And sometimes people, by the way, say, uh, my situation is so simple. Actually, a very simple return 
can provide us a lot of opportunity. So if you've got a real basic thing and you say, well, what are my opportunities? There are opportunities and we'll talk a little bit about those. So what we're going to really do right now is just kind of go down, first of all, the list of what's the difference between a CPA and an enrolled agent. So you get a little bit of understanding of what an enrolled agent is and what they can do and why we feel that's so beneficial to have an enrolled agent on our staff. Um, and then we're going to talk about what is a tax planning meeting look like, a tax strategy meeting. So, Merce, can you kind of get us kicked off here with kind of, first of all, the education requirements or what you need in order to get these certifications? Yeah. And I think when you hear the word CPA, you just think tax. Uh, and But the thing is, is that a CPA can go in a lot of different different directions in tax, and we'll talk about that. But a CPA is a certified public accountant. That's what it stands for. And EA is an enrolled agent. Uh, as far as how do they get these letters behind their name? Well, there's an amount of education that's required and there's an amount of uh, certification. And uh, so a CPA uh, is going to have to have a bachelor's degree. And a lot of times they're going to have to have a little bit more further education after that. Whereas in an EA, there is you don't have to have a bachelor's degree. You're really going for a, a specific type of licensing. So that's one key difference there. Um the CPA must pass the uniform CPA examination. I, I believe that's a multi-layered test. I believe there's four elements to it uh, in various different areas of tax. Uh, and so you have to know quite a bit in a lot of different directions when it comes to tax. Uh, and then there's also with the CPA, there's state-specific requirements that can include uh, edu educational requirements, a certain amount of worth e work experience and ethical standards, all established by the state that you're going to be practicing biz uh, business or tax in. So that's a, a key difference is that the CPA is going to be state specific as to all the different boxes that you have to check to keep your get your license and also keep it in force. Uh, an EA uh, also has an exam that they have to pass, uh, like he was mentioning with Taylor. Uh, there's three exams uh, specific to different areas of, um, of of tax and really in in specialized in taxation. So CPA can go in and uh, has to understand auditing, has to understand all types of different things. When it comes to the EA, we'll talk about this more. It's those three tests are all about taxation. So personal and business and then really ethics are the three sections of of what uh, someone is going to have to test on and pass all three of those exams to be able to call themselves an enrolled agent. Um, and so that's the high level of difference between CPA and EA when it comes to, well, how can they actually get to where they use these letters? How do they, how do they get approved uh, uh, to be able to call themselves a CPA or an EA? Yeah, I think the way I think about that particular part too is a CPA, let's just talk about financial advisor. You could be a financial advisor and then you can become a certified financial planner. And that's what Merce and I are. But that doesn't mean much in the sense of what we actually do. We're very focused on retirement planning. So a certified financial planner has to learn about all different types of financial planning. You know, what, what it means if you're just starting out, but or you become very focused in practice, though, and that's us. We're retirement planning. CPA is the same thing. They have to understand all of the different aspects of tax planning. Uh, business planning, uh, uh, financial statements, all those kinds of things. But then a lot of CPAs will just focus. They might smoke a, focus on small business owners or individuals. An enrolled agent is very specific, like what Merce said. It is all about taxation to an individual or to uh, a business. So just very, very streamlined. 
Okay, the next thing is the scope of practice. And I kind of just hit on that a little bit. CPAs, wide range of duties. They can do financial statements, audits, and reviews. Um, they can represent clients before the IRS, but they are limited depending on the credentials that they that are recognized by the state. Um, they can also offer financial planning and business consulting services. An EA specializes primarily in taxation. They can represent taxpayers before the IRS at all administrative levels. So that's really important. They just cannot perform audits and review financial statements and those things. But again, very, very focused. All right. Our next section is continuing education. So what is continuing education? It is once you have your license, once you've passed those tests and you're able to call yourself uh, a CPA or an enrolled agent, or even with us as certified financial planners, there is a an expectation that you are going to continue to learn and continue to stay on top of um, everything that it is in the world of, in, in our case, financial planning, but a CPA in the world of uh, what they practice around accounting and taxes and an EA around taxation. Um, so a CPA is going to be required and held to a certain standard of how much continuing education that they have to do. And go back to where I said it's state-specific uh, for what what um, uh, they have to do to be able to call themselves a CPA. It's also state-specific as far as how much education, continuing education they have to perform. And so their state board is going to set what they have to do as far as hours of education and, and on what type of frequency. An EA, enrolled agent, is required uh, very specific and it's across the board. It's not state specific. So if you're an EA, you're required to complete, complete 72 hours of continuing education every three years to maintain their status. So that's quite a bit of uh, uh, continuing education. But if you think about it, their focus is taxation and we know tax law is always changing. So it's their job to stay on top of it. And you really, you want them to stay on top of it. Okay. A real quick uh, geographical limitations. A CPA is very state specific. They'll have to get licensed in whatever state they're practicing. So it will be multi-layered. An EA is federally licensed, so they can operate in any uh, U.S. jurisdiction. So very, very broad. All right. Ethical standards. A CPA uh, must adhere to the ethical standards that are established by uh, it's the specific uh, arena is called the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, AICPA, and also their state board. Uh, so state specific again, but also a CPA's type of organization is going to set these ethical standards. Uh, and EA must adhere to the Treasury Department Circular 230 regulations. So the, the EA is very in line with how the IRS expects them to act and the tre Treasury Department expects them to act when it comes to an ethical standard. So they're very connected there to the IRS and the Treasury. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. So 
uh, an EA can do tax returns, all those kind of things. But let me just tell you how we utilize uh, it here. And just so how we think that it ought to be utilized is really kind of doing tax strategy. Tax strategy is not just saying, I know how to file a tax return. Tax strategy is looking ahead of the times, ahead of that uh, that year where we're going to file and say, what kind of things can we do to make it better so that when we do get to our filing of the tax return, we've done those things ahead of time. So there's a lot of process there. So you take, for example, Taylor in our office is reading tax returns all the time, and she's taking those tax returns and saying, what are all the things here that we need to think about so we're ready for next year? And then we are going to meet and talk about all these different things. Now, we're going to go through this pretty high level, but I just want to hit on some of the things that we would consider that Taylor's going to look at or an enrolled agent would look at if you're not with us. Uh, how does that work and look? if we're going to do a tax planning strategy meeting. So if you've not had one of these, you might go, wow, that's a lot. And it is, but it's very, very crucial. So step number one, uh, as uh, a tax strategy meeting goes, you are going to look at the current financial situation. Now that might just seem so simple, but it's it's considering all aspects of income sources. Is it Are you getting money from your IRAs? Are you getting money from brokerage accounts? Are you getting money from social security or a pension? We are looking also that we are considering your investments. Why? Because that could spin off taxable income. We also look at things like debt. So just looking at and considering what's the current financial situation. All right. The next thing that we're going to look at is the retirement plan. And really, this could be a little bit more forward looking. Uh, well, if you are if you are still working and you're contributing, are you contributing to plans that you're getting a tax benefit from, like a 401k? or an IRA. Uh, so taking those into account. Also, on the flip side of contributing, we're also looking at someone's withdrawal strategy. So what is their plan to how much to generate the income that they're going to need for the year? Where's that money going to come from? What are those withdrawals looking like? Where are they coming from in the aspect of what type of uh, what type of taxation from each account? Uh, and then really adding that all up to give you a good projection of what the year is going to look like. Also planning for RMDs, required minimum distributions. Right now, that is a forced withdrawal that happens some uh, at the age of 73 or 75 under current law. Uh, uh, and it's it's all taxable. So we want to stay ahead of that. We want to plan for it and also potentially think through strategies around trying to reduce that number or getting rid of that number altogether through Roth conversion strategies. So a couple elements there that we're looking at. So the next section is tax deductions. This one's an interesting one because there's a lot of people who'll say, I've got a real simple plan. I just use the standard deduction. I don't itemize. The standard deduction's $28,000 right around that number right now. Um, it moves a little bit year by year. You say, okay, I just that's all I'm going to do. I don't do many, much more than that. Here's a big part of tax planning tax strategy is it may be that we can strategize on how to get you into an itemization and save you money on your tax return. There's a few different strategies. We've done episodes on uh, uh, using donor advised funds, and you can go look that episode up, but that's a big one that we could use that would save you a few thousand bucks. And we, we can actually push you into itemization. So that's a really big thing to consider. Um, another thing that would be in there too would be looking at things that we might be able to do with our distributions out of an IRA to get tax benefit um, if we are charitably inclined. All right. The next category that we're looking at is tax loss harvesting and really asking the question, is there any space to do any tax loss harvesting? What that really means is 
we're looking at brokerage accounts that have appreciated assets, and maybe we're trying to unwind those appreciated assets, but we don't want to pay the capital gains on them just by selling them. So we look at, well, what else is in the in the portfolio that we could sell for a loss so that we can offset some gain? Uh, and that's essentially what that strategy is. And so typically, we're going to look at that somewhere closer to the end of the year, I would say in fourth quarter where we're having that tax conversation and also applying some of the, some strategies like harvesting to that conversation. Another thing that's going to be considered are changes in tax laws. Uh, you might think about this. If I know a tax law is changing um, and I know that I'm going to have this coming up, there might be things I want to do right now. One of those by the way, is not a tax law change, but an age change. I go back to what Merce said about required minimum distributions. If I know that's coming up, I might take some distributions this year to plan for that. Same thing with tax law. All right. And then the next one's timing um, and really multi-year planning in particular. Uh, we want to be looking forward, not just saying, while, while a big question is what can we do this year to make this year a little bit better from a tax perspective, we also want to say, well, what can we do this year to make our next year's much smoother from a tax perspective? So that could be utilizing Roth conversion strategies to stay within a certain uh, uh, taxable uh, uh, bucket or percentage. Uh, it could be just being being smart about our withdrawal strategy and spreading it. Uh, sometimes people would just say, well, I've got 401k money so or IRA money, so let me just start my withdrawals from there. And it could mess up their tax scenario if they just take however much they need. But we could say, well, there's also other money. There's cash. There's brokerage accounts that are taxed differently. What if we blend these together so we have a much smoother withdrawal plan over, over our retirement life rather than overloading our tax return in a couple of different years? So forward-looking, multi-year planning, trying to be as efficient as possible with our tax brackets. Um, the other thing uh, here that I think is a pretty good one is just thinking about life changes, family life changes. Obviously, uh, if we unfortunately lost a spouse in death, then then that's going to be something that we have to consider. Um, and again, uh, a divorce, uh, new children, uh, all those things could could create scenarios that we need to plan for. So just really keeping track of all that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that is the bulk. Now there's going to be one-offs here and there. Sometimes families have different situations or unique things, but that is the bulk of what we're looking at when it comes to a formal tax strategy meeting that we are gearing up to go into for the next couple of months with our clients. And I, I think, you know, it's it's not something that everyone does, but we, we believe it should be uh, the tax return and the tax scenario should be looked at every year because there's always going to be opportunities. In worst case, you say, there is no opportunity to this year, but at least we took a look at it. And that's going to be more than most can say. Yeah, absolutely. So he here's the the takeaway from this particular episode. If, if you're listening to this and you don't have tax planning, tax strategy in your plan, try to see if you can get it as part of your planning process. Uh, it's really, really crucial. We have seen some, some fantastic uh, outcomes because of that. So make sure you check that out and make sure you understand what it really means. Uh, as always, We've got a blog written on this, so you can go to the website, pomwealth.net. Uh, pomwealth.net, yes, right. And then go to the blog page. You can also top right-hand corner, if you'd like to have a conversation with myself or Merce, click on schedule a call, and we're glad to hop on a call with you and answer any questions that you have. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. 
If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.